Hey, welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and this is our second part of Mike Simmons interviewing me about uh, a house that I flipped that didn't go as planned. So if you guys haven't already listened to the first half of this episode, go back to the previous episode before this one and listen to that, and that'll catch you up to where we are now, which is basically just rolling into um, some of the legalities and some of the uh, mediation and stuff like that that's going on in this house. But if you haven't listened to the first half, get the backstory, understand what's going on, and then jump into this episode. And there's some interesting stuff that goes on here. Definitely a turn of events that a lot of people might not have seen coming. So hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you soon. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. So let's let's talk about what went from that point, because I do know how this ends, and, in, and it's an extremely unusual um, solution, in my opinion. It's not, not common, I don't think at all. It's nothing I've ever done. Um, but I, I do think you should be proud of the way it ended up. So let's, let's continue with the story. What, you're at this point now, you have to decide how you're going to move forward. How does that look? And by the way, what are the, the seller, or not the sellers, the, the buyers, the people who bought the property living there, are, are they like, let's go to court, we're going to burn this guy? Or are they just like, you know, are, do you have any, any sense of what their feeling was as you were kind of going down this road? No, that's the interesting thing. You just don't know. Like, yeah. you don't know. You're not talking directly to them. It's like attorney to attorney. And my attorney is like, oh, they're ruthless and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you start to build up this, this you paint, start painting this picture of what the other party is. Yeah. And the other party is now like, I didn't know them. They didn't know me. So I'm the big bad house flipper that is screwing them over right. and taking all their money and, and making this huge profit on this house. And I'm hiding a bunch of stuff. And they're the people who are shaking me down for a bunch of money, right? Yeah. And so if, we, if the two of us could have come together in the beginning and had a conversation, and this goes for anything that you guys do, by the way, in business and, yeah. or in life. Like if two parties can just, just come with like, uh, compassion and understanding and sit down and have a conversation, like yeah. stuff gets solved and handled, no problem. And everybody's right. happy. It's right. it, the problem is when all this stuff starts happening. I mean, you can go anything from uh, stuff like this to divorce, to uh, child custody, to like anything. And you start talking about that. Totally. Once, once all these other people get involved, it's like you become totally different. You, you just see the worst in people. And yeah. so, I mean, and I saw that when I went to mediation, like, um, and one thing I'll talk about before I move on is, is I was also felt like I was protecting the realtor. I also felt like I was protecting the contractor. I also, I felt like I had the responsibility of everybody that was ever involved in this house when they started yeah. talking about that, should you have known concept? Because yeah. a lot of people were like, go to, the, go to the broker's attorney and push it back on the broker for their liability for this property. Yeah. Like go back to the contractor for that side of things and make them like use their insurance policy or yeah, something. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm the one getting sued here, not them. So the last thing that I want to do is pass the buck to somebody else or right. try to figure out a way that I can just say hot potato, not my problem. And yep. so I, I, took, I took it on the responsibility myself to figure out how to uh, make sure that they weren't getting pulled into this mess too. So yep. that's why, so I decided to go to mediation and um, so we set up mediation, we set up a time and a date that worked for everybody. And then the concept of that is you have a mediator that we, we got to like mutually agree on who the mediator was gonna be. 
And then my attorney comes, their attorney comes, and I go and they go. And we start, the, so we pick a time, we pick a place. So I had to go down to Pensacola for the day. I had to drive down there. And um, I had to take a day, to, to, all day in mediation. And it basically doesn't end until like, both parties are equally upset <laughs> or yeah. like both agree to something. Like there's some yeah. solution. And if you can't come to a consensus or solution in mediation, then you go to court. Do you remember um, and, what you, do you remember what you or your lawyer was proposing or what they were proposing? Do, do you have any memory oh, of that? Okay. I, right. Like this is burned into my, into my brain here. So, <laughs> okay. so I, I, I have no idea what mediation is going to be like. The, the setup that I did was I got my attorney. I basically wrote down every single thing that happened in this transaction, every email that I got, every communication. And I put it in like a, uh, just this huge document and sent it to him. And I said, that's my story. You know, so, so he has it and then he can set it up and, and understand everything that went on, like pictures. I mean, I, I spent days and days and days putting together the story and this, what, what happened. And then, uh, we kind of came up with our plan. We don't really have a plan going in there. He says, he said, Hey, let me brace you for this. Usually what happens is you get in there and they immediately say, okay, now that we go to mediation, we want this and it goes up. So he was like, let me brace you for that because I don't want you to react when they say it, when you're sitting across from them at the table. And so he told me the story, how mediation goes, some of that stuff and how to act. And so he told me what a typical mediation looks like. So I knew going in what the structure was, like when we're together, when we're apart, how we interact, those kind of things. And I'll tell you, I'll just tell the story based on what I saw that because that was firsthand. So what I do is I showed up in mediation on the drive down on the way to mediation, I'm trying to think of like, what am I willing to do here? Like what, what am I? And I'm still at a place in in, in, that I'm, I'm expecting someone to win in mediation. Like I'm expecting to win. I'm expecting someone to listen and hear my story and win. So if you've ever been in like a conversation with your spouse where you're disagreeing and you're like, I am going to win this argument. Right. And the other person is like, I'm going to win this argument. Nobody wins the argument, right? Right, right. If you're like, I'm going to listen to this other person, I'm going to consider my stance, and I'm going to figure out uh, how we can both kind of be happy and unhappy at the same time. Yeah. That's what mediation is. Like, definite, definition of that is like, nobody leaves happy and nobody leaves <laughs> upset. Uh, like, right. that's like, I guess, a solution in mediation is like, yeah. everybody's just like mutually agreeing to be unhappy. Right. And so... I didn't know that going in. Going in, I was like, this guy, the mediator is going to hear me. They're going to decide, like, I don't know. I kind of attribute it to, like, couples counseling, right? That, that you're going to go there and you're going to, like, plead your case. And that counselor is going to say, you know what, Bill? You're, like, the best husband ever. You are right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And you know what? You should be doing more, more of that. And that's never going to happen. And so mediation was the same way. I went in there going, I'm going to plead my case. Everybody's going to see that, that I'm right, that there's no way that, I couldn't have been more wrong. So I go in there and we go into this room together. And this is the first time that I saw the, the buyers and I could see them and they didn't even look at me. Like they couldn't make eye contact. I was, I was hoping to like shake hands or say hello or become like a person. And I could tell like I was evil to them. It was very obvious. And right then I knew this was not going to go well. Yeah. Like, uh, and I could feel a little bit of, I felt like they were under the attorney's thumb. Like the attorney was really the one with the strings, like the puppet master. Yeah. And they yeah. were just there. They had been lied to. They had been, they had been made to feel like, like this because I heard their story. The, the attorney told their story 
Like this is the first house that they, they ever moved to. This was a huge purchase for them. They wanted to come down to, this is going to be their retirement house, their forever house. They were so excited about it. And then they found all this stuff. Mm. And I feel that, like I can feel the pain in that story, but I wasn't a human at that point. Like if, if, yeah. if we just, if they came to me and told me that story, like let's, let's get this solved. You know, right, I would right. love to pay for that, you know, to fix that in the first place. But now it's, it's like more of a battle. So, so my attorney like gives this opening statement, like this is the story, this is, you know, all of these things. And then they give their statement back. And then from there, we basically, they, we, they make their opening offer. They said, well, since we had to come to mediation, do all this stuff. Now we want $50,000. And so oh, much time has double. passed. And I just went, I, I like, I'm just, I, he told me not to react. So I didn't, but I was like, <laughs> no chance. Like I wouldn't eat, if I wouldn't give you 20, why do you think I would even give you even right. think about that? Like, right. So then we go to our separate spaces and basically it's like the mediate, the mediator just goes back and forth from room to room, like a carrier pigeon, just okay. like taking information and trying yeah. to, trying to negotiate. And honestly, um, I sat there most of the time and was like, uh, I know what I want to do. And I'm just, I'm listening to these people. Like they're trying to, I could tell like the attorney and the mediator are trying to get me to do something that I'm not willing to do. Yeah. And they want to try to come up with a solution. And it's, it's like the best salesperson going and trying to sell the same thing to each party. And he's just like, he's like, it's like, they're mirroring you. They're labeling you. They're, yeah, they're doing yeah. a pretty good job. He's like, I, yeah. I, I totally understand what the problem is. He's like, He's like, they're, they just have a problem. Like they spent so much money and this was supposed to be their house. And it was like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not your guy. I'm not buying this stuff. Right. So, so on the drive down there, I, I had this idea and this thought of like, what if, what if I could stand by my product and what if I can make an offer to buy the house back? And so even before I went into this mediation on the drive down there, I'm trying to think of how this is going. I'm a, I like, I think about things, I play chess, I try to be strategic in everything that I do. And I, I'm thinking a couple moves ahead. I'm like, they're gonna come in higher. I'm gonna say no. Even like, is it even likely that they would go below $20,000 in this? Like, how do I get out of this thing other than going to court? Right. And I don't really wanna go to court. So I said, well, I wonder if they would sell the house back to me. And this was the, just the idea and concept that I thought about. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to go all in on this concept and see if that would be something they're interested in. Because if they say no, they love the house, they don't wanna leave the house, they would never sell the house back because this is their forever house, then I have beat, I, like I beat them, right? So if I, can get, if I can get them to say, there's no chance that we'll sell this house even for a million dollars. Like I'm trying to figure out what, what are they trying to get out of this, right. this, this mediate? Like what are they trying to get from me? Are they really shaking me down? Are they really distraught? Are they like, what's really going on here? And wow. so when, when they, so that was my opening offer. They came in $50,000 and I said, I said, look, I said, I'm not paying them $50,000. I wouldn't pay them $20,000. I'm paying $10,000 just to be here and have this conversation <laughs> and $20,000. Yeah. So you want me to pay $10,000 and $50,000. There's no chance. Right. I said, you know what I will do though is I renovate houses for a living. I stand by the work that I did. Every single house that I've ever done, um, I put my name to and I'll buy the house back. 
So, and the, the guy looked at me and my lawyer looked at me because it's the first time he ever heard it. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what and was the reaction? Because you're not supposed to give a reaction, but what did the mediator's reaction look like? when you said He went, he, went he was like, he kind of like was taken back a little bit. Like he kind of, yeah. you know, you know that, I don't know if you're not watching the video, it's that look when, when you say something and somebody's not expecting, they kind of like throw yeah. their head back real fast. Like, what? Right. Did I hear that right? right. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like, um, hmm, that's an interesting concept. And he, he, he actually said that. He was like, wow, that, that is interesting, actually. He goes, let me, let me go see if they'll go for that. Well, here's the thing, Bill. Here's in all seriousness. Here's what that does. That, that proves that you are 100% standing behind your product, right? I mean, what's, if, if you buy anything and someone says, if you don't like it, I will buy it back. Like, there's no better guarantee than that. And that certainly should make you feel like the person, whoever says that, believes in what they did, believes in what they do, believes in their product. So yeah, it, it took him back, but no one can say, oh, I see his angle here. I see how he's trying to screw us over. It's, you, you're not. I mean, you're buying it back. That's the offer. So great. What, what was the, so the mediator threw his head back because he literally never heard that in his entire life. Uh, and then when he went and told the folks, uh, the buyers, what, what was their reaction? So he, he uh, I don't know what their reaction was because it's, it's totally sugar-coated. Like they're yeah. in another room, right? <laughs> so he accepts their reaction. He yeah. turns around and walks back to our room and he determines how he's going to pitch their reaction to me. Gotcha. And Sales so, guy, you know. said that, yeah. Because he was like, he, he would come back and be like, ah. And he's like, I don't think they're going to go for that. He's like, they, they were, had they, you know, they've done a lot of work to the house and all this stuff and they fixed all the wood rot and they spent so much money and this is their forever house and all this stuff. And, but he said, that, you know, um, he kept saying like, do you have a, do you have a number? Do you have like a amount of money that I can go back to them and say like, this is how much they can have to, for you to walk away. And I kept saying, no, I do not have that. Like that does not exist in my world. You will never get that from me. Right. Like, I, I basically feel and so then I said, I will buy the house back. So he walks back out and goes back over there. And then he's, he's over there for like 45 minutes. Like he's not wow. over, it's not like five minutes each place. Yeah. We start at like 9am or 830 or something. And we, we like ping pong back and forth like three times before lunch. That's it. Wow. So this is not like, and I'm a super impatient person. I'm like, just go find out if they'll take it. And I, I got, I got things to do. <laughs> right. Like I got plans here. I got to get yeah. home. Um, and so this, this went on and he, they kept, he kept coming back. He's like, well, I mean, they can't like negotiate against themselves. And I, I remember him saying that and I was like, they're not like, they're not, I can't negotiate against myself either. Like right. I am not giving them any money. He goes, I said, if you want to go back there with a number, start with zero. And right. that's start it. With like, exactly that what is, they bought it for. Exactly. Like, no, no. I mean, start, if you want a number for me to, to go away, they are $50,000 and yeah. they want me yeah. to say a number that I'll sign a piece of paper today, right now. Right. The number is zero. Like I, I didn't come here to write a check. Yeah. I did not bring my checkbook. I am not, I didn't come here to accept responsibility for something that I didn't do. Right. And so I said, and so at no point was, did I say that there would be an amount of money that I would walk away from this deal just because I, I, I wouldn't do it. Right. And I mean, we, they kept coming back. He's like, well, you know, they're like, you know, $35,000 and they just kind of like negotiating against themselves. And I was just like, it's zero, man. Like, don't, don't come back in here with again until it's zero right. or let's figure out another solution. Like what else can I do? Yeah. Um, and maybe it like, show me some of the invoices. Like let's, and I looked at right. the stuff that they, they had spent and they had spent three times more than I would have at least. So it's, it was hard for me to swallow even the fact of like paying for the repairs. 
Right. And, but I'm just, I'm not accepting responsibility. So we kept going and then they say, okay, well, if they do entertain this, like, what would that look like? And they had done all this work to the house. And so I sent him back and I said, tell me how much work they did to the house. So he went back and he's like, like, just, I said, just add it all up. Like, what did they do? I haven't been to the house. I have, yeah. I have not been to the house since I bought it. I don't know what they've done. And so they put in a boat dock, they put in a boat lift, they put in the fencing, they, they redid, or they did all the wood rot repairs. They did the, the, uh, the deck. And he said, they're added a ton of value to this house. And I said, all right, well make a list. And so they made this huge long list. And so then I said, all right, well, instead of 525, uh, I'll buy it for 600. You know, I'll buy it for $75,000 more than what they bought it for. Right. And so we started going down that road and back and forth and back and forth until finally we ended up at, uh, $632,000, which is over $100,000 more than they bought it for. 107 more. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I bought the house back for $107,000 more than what I paid for it when I bought it okay. or when they bought it. So that was the, uh, and it was dark and it was about, I actually had a friend meeting me for dinner and I showed up at dinner about 10 minutes before the restaurant closed. He had been there for over an hour waiting for me. So, um, <laughs> So here's, here's the question. When people ask, like if they ask, how much would you pay to protect your integrity and your ethics? And I know for you, it's at, it's at least 107,000 you're willing to pay. I know that much, maybe, maybe more, probably a lot more, but uh, in all seriousness, so that's a lot. I mean, you know, listen, I'm just going to be real. Like people listening to this may go, listen, hold on. He could have gotten out of this for 20 grand, but he ended up spending 107 above, you know, total had to pay out. But, that is again what it means to you for sure and 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 i think what it means to some people to have a position where you're not willing to sell your ethics and and you stand behind what you say you you, you what you believe to be true in your heart what what happened what actually happened and when people are trying to tell you if you pay me this amount just I'll go away, you know, wink wink we you probably knew whatever just pay me some money and you weren't willing to do that so I mean, I, I give you a lot of crap, Bill, but honestly, that, that's, a, that's an integrity move that, you know, that makes uh, an impact on people. Well, I'll also say to anybody that's listening is this is also a calculated uh, decision for me. So like if, if they are asking for $750,000 or $800,000, then and that's where we were trying to get to, then the answer probably would have been no. I would have walked out of there and we would have gone to court. Like right. I, I was 100% willing to walk out of there and go to court if I had to. Um, I didn't want to, and I know they probably didn't want to. Um, but I looked at the, I looked at the, what I thought the, the house was like, could I break even Would I lose $20,000? Would I lose $30,000? I would rather buy the house back, save my name and my integrity, and then lose $20,000 on the sale of the house. Exactly. Then give them, the them $20,000. Like and I, I let just, them live there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd rather let, let lose to the marketplace than, and part of it is, I think, I'm sure that you can relate to this, Mike, is, you know, the, the hard part is looking back on this, like some of it is the need to win, like the need to be right all the time. And so yeah. I, I can feel that in there. Like I'm, I'm playing a game a little bit. Like I, I, I'm not willing to accept the fact that, that I was like, I'm not willing to agree to, I'm not, my lawyer kept saying like, you're not signing anything saying that you're, you're liable for it. Not saying, I said, well, who's stopping anybody from saying, oh, that happened. That, that guy did that. I'd much rather somebody say, you know what he did? He bought the house yeah. back. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard of somebody doing that? No. Like, no. I'd much rather be in that situation than the guy yeah. who wrote the check 
even if, I don't know. So what is it? Maybe it's a $50,000 swing. Maybe it's a hundred thousand dollar swing. Um, and yep. here, here's the, here's the biggest thing is my company at the time was not in a position to, to, to really have to take on this burden. Like uh, blackjack was not in a place where I needed to take on the burden of going out and raising a bunch of money and getting a loan and, and yeah. handling this property. And cause like cash flow was something that we were looking at really tight. And now it was like my problem was becoming the company problem yeah. because of this house. Right. So I was, I was sensitive to that as well. So, so what I ended up doing was I ended up buying it personally. Like I actually took the personal responsibility for this because we're now we're a different company. Like it was me and a couple other people at that time. Now we're a different company. It's, it's Nate Johnson, the COO running that company and, and responsible for the bottom line. And, and he gets like, he gets his bonus structure is based on that and things like that. So the last thing that I needed was a, a property holding us back or going in and ha like my transaction coordinator having to deal with it and somebody having to manage right. it and stuff like that. So, um, so I ended up just taking a, I got a personal uh, loan on the house. I made the down payment and I turned it into an Airbnb. I was going to sell it, but I looked at it and I said, Hey, if I put, you know, $10,000 of furniture in here, $15,000 of furniture, what does that look like? What can we do with it? And yeah. we ended up renting it out on Airbnb for the last year. So, um, so for me, that, that's, that's kind of how it ended. I just said, look, I'll buy the house back. I pay, I definitely paid more than I would have liked to. It's definitely a retail transaction that I made. And, um, but it's been okay for us. I would say like, I've been, I've been kind of like breaking even. I make a lot of money in the summer. I, I don't, I lose some money in the winter. And so yeah. it's been kind of a break even property for us. And, okay. um, but I mean, if you look till August, September right now, there's not a single day that's open. I can't even go down there and, and stay. It's a great, uh, tax deduction for me. Um, a great, like if I want to do a, I, I knew I could bonus depreciate the thing in year one if I wanted to and have yeah. this huge tax write off. So there were some benefits as I was running through that. And I'd say the best thing that, that happened is that I did take the liability off of the realtor of the general contractor, anybody yeah. else that touched the house. I had them right. in the agreement, write that in that nobody, you can't go after anybody else. You can't talk about this. You can't, um, you can't right. go out and like run my name through the mud and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, and I think the biggest thing for me is I wanted, when somebody asked that couple about my company leaving there and in the future, I didn't want them to say like, yeah, I mean, the guy gave me $20,000 to go away. I wanted right. him to say, hey, he gave us the opportunity to walk away from this house because it, was, it just didn't work for us. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing that, that happened is now hopefully they say like they're thankful that they can move on to do something else to find another place that fits them better. And right. um, I'm not necessarily a big bad wolf, I hope. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Never really did, got to that point with them. Did you, get a, did you get a chance to talk to him at all after it was over? I, I did. I didn't know. Um, so I, I walked out. Like I said, I said, look, I've been here. It was like, it was like 8 PM. It was like 12 hours later. Yeah. And I said, look, I said, I don't know how long it's going to take to write up all this paperwork, but he, here's the con here's the sales contract. I just wrote it up. Like I'm leaving. I, I, I sat there for an extra hour just waiting for them to sign. They kept coming back and saying, you know, we're, they're just not sure about this one little thing, this one little uh, clause in the contract. It's just, Oh, they, and they started, they, it, we just kept going. It just kept going and going. Like we oh agreed on the price gosh. and I was like, let's get it done. And then I was like, what about timeline? I go on their timeline. Like they can move out whenever they want. You tell me what timeline you want. Like you, yeah. you just tell me what it is and we'll make Here, it happen. Like, here's the big question. Did, did, 
did you, did you require an inspection? Did you make them have to deal with an inspection? That would have been awesome. Well, you know, the, the funniest thing is I looked at the attorney and I said, look, if we keep going back and forth here, I'm going to get a WDO inspection on this house before I buy it. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I said, no, no inspection, no nothing. No, uh, so I just said, I said, look, I'm, uh, ah, it's frustrating, but I, I, didn't frustrating. Go, I didn't go back to the house and look at it. I didn't do anything. I sent, I, I wanted to give them their space. Like I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't, I knew they were still feeling some pain. They probably had some issues with me. And I do really think that the attorneys are what did it. I really do yeah. think that like once somebody got to them and convinced them of something and then like a, a typical person does not go, I'm suing this person for $20,000. like, Somebody is finding something out. They're introducing you to somebody else. You're telling that story. It's getting twisted. It's getting yeah. turned. They're saying, you know what? Like that person, like I know I deal with house flippers all the time. All they do is cover stuff up. Like that mm -hmm. had to go on. That probably festered for like a year, a year and a half. And finally they said, okay, enough's enough. Like we found this problem and this problem and this problem. And it yep. just kept like boiling up. Like we never have, you can have a conversation, nip something in the bud right away. It's all, yep. it's, it never becomes a huge issue. So I think that's what happened there. That was a, a big thing. Yeah. I think you, you mentioned earlier in the discussion that it's, it's sort of like what happens in a divorce. I think the same thing happens. They take like, and this isn't a bash lawyers, but in this situation, they're taking information for you and information from the, from the buyers and they're kind of weaponizing it. Like they're taking the information and they're trying to figure out how do you take that information and assemble a weapon out of it, right? Instead of just trying to have a conversation to your point, it, it, it all becomes this like, it's an immediate war. You're just, you're on opposite sides of this, of this war. So, um, all right, recap the numbers fast for those of you who are driving and trying to do the math in your head. Bought it for 350 renovated it, listed it for 625, sold it for 525, bought it back for 632, which was above your original list price. Okay, that's 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 where we are currently, okay? After all of this going on, you bought it back on their timeline. Now you own this house. What 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 do you do? You said you Airbnb'd and I get that. So, how long have you been doing that? How long have you had it back? Uh it's just over I'm looking at it right now. I bought it on June 10th, 2019. So, I've had it for just over a year. Just over uh, a my year. My year anniversary was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we've had some months where we'll, we'll lose, you know, three, $4,000 on it. We got some months that we make with dollars $16,000 on it. So nice. it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't, I don't want an Airbnb there. It's not yeah. something that I, that I decided that I want. Um, we actually have it listed for sale right now. So I, I said, let's see if we can sell it in the summer. Um, if we can, great. If not, then we'll just keep Airbnb in it. I mean, it, like, the next four months are completely, uh, completely full over the summer. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we had time through COVID of like two months of where I lost money on it. Um, right. The mortgage is like, mortgage is like thirty four hundred dollars. But the interesting thing is, I have like one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars of equity tied up in the property, right? My cash, yep. my twenty percent down payment. So and the furniture and all that stuff. So that yep. stuff, like that money, could be doing better elsewhere. I think so. Totally. That's uh, that's why I would be interested in, in selling it and stuff. So I never, I never bought it to keep it. It's not something that, and I also have, you know, I don't know what I have, like a $450,000 loan, 500,000, probably $500,000 loan on the property. So I don't need that necessarily as a mortgage on my, uh, on my credit right. either. So, yeah. uh, and it's, like I said, it's personal. I took it personally in my own name. So that's the plan. I don't know. We'll maybe check in and some time, but the interesting <laughs> thing, you know, when Terry, Terry brought it up on his podcast about, um, 
responsibility and ownership and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I, we mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast in the past. And I just, I thought it'd be kind of cool to tell the story. And it's not necessarily something like mediation, getting sued, um, losing money, like having problems. Yeah. It's not yeah. all rainbows and butterflies in this business, right? So no, I it's not. It but here's a big question. Uh, I think I know the answer, but let's just, let's really drive this home. Other than fixing the wood rot, which you didn't know about it, but okay, hindsight being 2020, that would have been great if you would have found it, if that would have been something you were, would discover during your flip. But would you do anything different? You bought the house back, you paid more than you, you know, you, than you sold it for. Like, would you do it all over again? I don't know. <laughs> when tell, every, every time I tell the story, I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't do necessarily do anything wrong. Like, should I had my day in court, you know, and it's not necessarily something that I really wanted or cared to do. Like I, yeah. I, it wasn't about being right. And it wasn't, and I knew that it would cost this other couple a ton of money. Like even, even if I was right or like nobody wins in that situation. And no, they at don't. least here, at least here, I feel like we both kind of won. Like, I, I don't necessarily feel like a winner, but I definitely don't feel like the loser. And I think that they probably feel like the winner here which this is probably the, the hands down the best situation we could have gotten to like the best yeah. agreement we could have gotten to for both people to walk out of that. Uh, I'm hoping that they walked out of there feeling like, wow, we got all of our money back pretty much. Yeah. So well, I guess maybe the better question is, and what I was really trying to get at is if you could do it all over again, would you pay him the $20,000? No, no. No. Okay. I, <laughs> no. I didn't think so. I'm just, I, don't think I want to make sure. It's ever going to happen. Like I don't no. think it's ever going to happen. I, I don't, no. I mean, I, no, I, I don't feel like, and <laughs> this might not be the best like career move for me to put this out on the podcast, right? Because like anybody who's ever bought a house from me is just going to go, man, I want to sell this house. Like I'm just going to shake this guy down for 10 grand. Let exactly. me lawyer up. Uh, this guy oh, yeah. will never uh, pay the money. But, you know, I think it's about taking care of each other and taking care of people. And, and really yeah. like the mediation should start way before the attorneys. Like this mediation yeah. started after two attorneys had to get involved and the only reason that I got an attorney involved is because I didn't know what to do. Like I couldn't just reach yeah. out to this attorney because that would have been, if I had started that conversation and said, no, I'm not going to pay you 20,000, like all that stuff. I don't know what they could do with that information. Right. If it goes yep. to mediation or could go to court saying like, oh, he did this or he did that. Like I really was just trying to get uh, some guidance. Right. Yeah. So, and it, this isn't the first time that, that I've been sued or I've been, there's been some demand um, like uh, letters and stuff like that. Um, there's been a couple other small things where people have you know, like tried to go to small claims court or do some different stuff. And it's just, it's like, let's just have a conversation. Um, same thing happens with yeah. a lot of people with, uh, with payments and, and chargebacks and stuff like that. So like, let's just have a conversation about it and I'm totally reasonable and, and, and talk with me and let's find a solution before like you have to do all this other stuff. I don't know. I sometimes yeah. just, a conversation and just reaching out to people is, is the first step. And hopefully like if you're listening to this, you get something out of it, whether it's not everything always goes right or the, the dollar signs of a hundred thousand dollars can turn into, I don't know, uh, four years of, of owning a house and, and having ups and downs and problems and stuff like that. And, and anything to, um, to ha how a mediation would go or some, some things to think about as you're, as you're doing this stuff and, and moving forward with your business. So yeah. mediation, um, mediation, everyone should realize too, is, is baked into these contracts. Most of the contracts that we're signing are real estate contracts. Mediation is baked in. So if you think, oh, I never, you know, that's not gonna, well, it could. I mean, if somebody came back, that's kind of, that's the, the way that most people in the contract agree to solve the problem is through mediation. So, or at least try that. Um, so it could happen. And honestly, if anyone has been flipping houses or in real estate for any length of time and done any amount of volume at all, 
you know, most of us have had some sort of, you know, dust up with a lawyer or somebody, you know, getting upset about something. You deal with enough people, you're going to find someone who gets upset with you about something. And unfortunately, people run straight to lawyers instead of coming to you. Now, they might have went to you and you, you not, not you, but they could go to a house flipper and, and have an issue. And the house flipper just basically says, you know, forget you. I'm not, not going to do anything about it. Like, try, you know, try to get money out of me. Then you, then you go to a lawyer, right? That's when, that's when you sort of had you, your hands are tied. You have to go to a lawyer. But I think the, the, the moral here is like, just try to solve problems without lawyering up because as soon as you do that, it's just, it's a battle. It's a war immediately. It doesn't have to be always. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a tough one, but uh, hopefully, hopefully the story helps somebody or get, opens your eyes to, uh, I don't know, just kind of evaluate yourself and what, yeah. Like think about what you would have done in that situation. And I, like Mike said earlier, I don't, if somebody says that I would have taken the 20, like paid the $20,000 or negotiated down to 10 to move on, like that, that, I'm, I'm not telling you that, that what I did was right or what I, what I did was exactly what you have to do or that you don't have any a moral compass if you did that. Like right. no way. Everybody's in a different situation. I have no idea um, how this would have played out or should have played out if I did anything different. It's just at the time, the way I just felt really conflicted by doing that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not coming on to record this to like beat on my chest and say that I'm perfect or, or this is what you should do, or this is the, the shining example of, of an integrity or, or things like that. It's just, right. well, I, I, I do think it's an interesting story. We got to a place where I think I, I feel like I'm constantly trying to solve problems. Like I'm a problem yeah. solver and I was trying to solve the problem of I'm not willing to give you $20,000 or any money for that matter, the way that you're uh, uh, the way that you came to me. Yeah. Had you come to me differently, uh, I would have been more than open to talk about that, but yeah. you didn't. And now, now I feel like I'm being shaken down and now I'm going to go into the defensive. Right. And, yeah. and, and for me at that point, it's how can I figure out how to get us to a place where we can get to kind of a win-win uh, possibly. And yeah. so that's what, that's where I was searching for. Yeah. And listen, don't, don't worry when you say you're not beating your chest and saying you're the shining example of, of integrity. I, I, there are people who are think you're nuts, who are listening to this, who's, who are probably saying you should have paid the money. Right. So everyone's different. Everyone has a different, you know, whatever, not even moral compass. Cause it makes it sound like if you do anything other than what you did, you're wrong. And I don't think that's the case, but the key here is if, if you feel like, somebody's asking you to do something that compromises your integrity, then you have a choice to make, right? That's how you felt. Other people might've heard it. It might've felt different to them and paying the 20,000 might not have felt like they were compromising anything, but it, it all boils down to that, right? Like you, you only get one, you know, your integrity is, is who you are. So you can do what you want with that, but for you felt like it was going to, it was going to, you were selling your integrity and that wasn't something you're willing to do. So in that case, it is a shining example of, of integrity, but it's not, it's not a black and white issue to to your point. It's not black and white for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's it, Nate, you know, Nate and I talking about it and the different people from the group, I got tons of different opinions, lots of different uh, examples, lots of people saying that I would do this or that or, or the other. And I, you know, I think everybody just needs to, when you, when you face one of these problems, one of these issues, something that comes up in your business, you have to make the best decision for you at the time yeah. and, and what you think is right. And the, the cool thing is I had, a, I had a group of people, I had this like tribe of people that I could bounce some things off of. And yeah. a lot of the decisions that I made and the reasons why I did or didn't do certain things was because of the feedback that I got from them. And so at that point, like I didn't feel alone. I, I, 
I mean, there were times where I was like, man, what am I going to do? Like I'm, I'm sitting here all by myself. I have to make the decision. I don't have a business partner, but I had a bunch of people that I could bounce these ideas off of. And yeah. uh, hopefully you guys have that. Um, and that's, what's really nice about, you know, our tribe and, and who we are and what we do. So I, totally. I'm thankful to, to even have the people who are like, dude, wh why are you even thinking about this? Like write the check right now. Yeah. And somebody else who's like, ah, I don't know. Like, it sounds like you're right. Like go to court. Like all different. It was a huge spectrum of, of discussion. And it was really cool to see that. And it really helped me along the way, even though it was lots of different, um, lots of different answers. Yeah. It just showed me kind of like, what are some of the options and some of the ways that other people think? Because then I, I can decide how I feel. And that's, I don't know, it's how I've built my business on other people's examples. So it's yeah. been really cool. I, I've actually got, as you were talking about this whole, this whole uh, situation that you went through and you were talking about like sometimes, you know, ego, like a little bit of that and wanting to win. I actually, I never told you about this. I actually have a, I won't do it now to be another podcast, but I have a story of something very similar to what you went through. I didn't buy a house back at all, but where I just did the right thing in my opinion and it cost me a lot of money. It was in a house. It didn't go well, but we can, we can chat about that another time, but it just, it happens in your business from time to time where you have to make decisions, right? And sometimes other people might think you're crazy, but you know, at the end of the day, you, you have to protect the integrity, your integrity. It's, it's yours. That's all you got. And that's how people look at you and judge you. So um, yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting story. It's nothing like I've ever heard before. I've never heard. I mean, I could foresee buying a $20,000 house back, $600,000 house back is a little more daunting, but interesting story, Bill, man. And this is kind of cool. Like I've never interviewed you on your podcast. So this is kind of fun. Um, but I mean, anything else about the story you want to talk about? I know we could talk forever because there's a lot of nuances to all this, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you did something that you felt like you had to do. You can agree or disagree, but it's a story. It's interesting. And, and you should understand how these things can go down sometimes. Yeah. No, I don't really have anything else. I think the, uh, I think the, the, the most important thing here is if I, you'll know the right thing to do. Like, um, yeah, I just, I found my way. I was, I had no idea that I was going to do this until I was driving down to the mediation. Like I was sitting there going, I don't know how I'm probably just going to have to go to court. Like there's no possible yeah. way in this mediation that I'm going to say, I'm going to agree to anything like yeah. $5. Like I'm not signing a piece of paper that says that I was, that I knew that this was going on. And yeah. so, um, and I just, I don't know, it's conflicted. So I think that you'll know, uh, I, I've made a lot of decisions in my business that have cost me a lot of money too, that I've taken the high road quite a few times and like given people their deposits back and their non-refundable yeah. deposit when they said that uh, they understood that they signed the contract, they, they knew yeah. it was non-refundable, but they wanted yeah. the money back. Like what? Yeah. And so I've, we've done a lot of things that, um, that, you know, when taking the high road, it's, it's hard because you, you're, you're making sacrifices. And I, I will say that I haven't always made the right decision. I've, I, you know, you just have to make the decision that you, that you have with the amount of information that you have in front of you, like make yep. the, the best decision that you can. And then as the information changes, then you might have to adjust that. So, yep. um, no, it's, uh, I told Mike when we started this, I was like, I want to keep this to 45 minutes or less. How do and we do? Not even close. <laughs> not, not even <laughs> like close. Probably like an hour longer than that. So, yeah. um, but I think it was, I, I had a good time. I think it was good. Uh, it's, it's nice to kind of document this and, um, and I, I haven't thought about some of these things in a while and it's making me, I don't know. It, it feels good. I'm, I'm actually really happy for the, for the couple that, that was in the situation that hopefully feels a lot better now. Uh, and I'm happy, hopefully, to share this, and maybe it helps somebody today. So 
Yeah, I think so. I, I think it's good to talk about these kind of things. And also, I, I'm doing your show. I don't really know how to end this. I know how I ended on my show, but I don't know who uh, who's leading in this dance. I, I'm assuming I am, but I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how we end it when I'm on your podcast. Well, on my podcast, we typically end talking about something like what what do we have going on? So like, what are some next things that we have going on? And I think we have, some, we, you and I, uh, obviously we did this is the week of Bill and Mike Simmons, uh, Tuesday and Thursday. So <laughs> exactly. on, uh, on the Tuesday show that we did with you, we talked a little bit about, we like tease this uh, virtual event that we have coming up. So yep. uh, July 10th and 11th, I'll, I'll just put it out there now. We'll probably send an email tomorrow. Um, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it comes out, then we'll probably send something out on Friday and start talking about it. But we have this uh, two-day virtual event that we're going to do. It's about, it's about a quarter before Flip Hacking Live, so it's going to be really fun. Um, it's a, uh, a two-day event where you can come hear some, like us, we'll talk about stuff like this. Like, yep. Not necessarily this exactly, but some of the tactics, the, the techniques and strategies and things that we're using right now. And just be authentic and real people on this call for, uh, for two days. It's going to be like a live, it's going to be like a virtual experience. So really cool. Just like we did with the veterans live event, we've been doing a, a bunch of virtual events lately. And so we've gotten really, really good at it. Vanessa is doing an awesome job. It's gonna be a lot yeah. of fun. And all of our community is going to come on it. Anybody that you want to share it with can come um, totally free, hundred percent free, which is amazing. Uh, we were talking about charging for it and decided not to. So um, it's going to be really good. I think this is going to be uh, exactly what the marketplace needs right now. We're still kind of pent up or about to explode, right? We're about to come out yeah. of this uh, kind of like, we're starting to see the contracts go up. We're starting to see a lot of uh, seller response. We're starting to see our months come back like bigger and badder than they were before for my company. So I think we're going to share a lot of what's going on and, and how we can help you guys come out of this uh, strong. So that's going to be uh, July 10th and the 11th. We'll share the, the link in the email. If you're not signed up on our email list, go to sevenfigureflipping.com slash subscribe and you can subscribe to our email list and our text list. And, um, jump on there and find out about it. And then uh, obviously we've got a couple other things, Flip Hacking Live going on in October. And we'll tell you all about that on this two-day event in July. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. And uh, I got a bunch of speakers. I think we have at least 10 speakers on this uh, two-day event that are going to share exactly what they're doing in their business, almost like a, a Flip Hacking Live come early. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know, Christmas in July. Yeah. Well, you made it free. So there's no reason not to do it, guys. I, I mean, jump on there. People have a lot of questions right now. Obviously things are topsy-turvy. So hop on there and see what people are doing right now in their business that's working. Yep. And um, obviously Flip Hacking Live. You can check that out. Go to fliphackinglive.com and uh, come join us in October. But uh, this, uh, this event on July 10th and the 11th will be a good lead into that. It'll be about yep. just about three months away. It's like perfect timing for some accountability, some goal setting, some of that stuff that we're going to do on there to lead up to Flip Hacking Live, get you excited for it. And it's the weekend right before our mastermind event. So we're going to be like warming up on this virtual event before the mastermind event. And totally. we weren't sure if the mastermind event was going to be live or virtual. So um, we were planning a virtual event anyways. Perfect, uh, perfect for us to just open it up to anybody that wants to come instead of just yeah. our mastermind members. And it, our mastermind members will be there. Our seven-figure altitude, seven-figure runway members will be in there. They'll be jumping in. Uh, they'll be in the comments and, and chat and stuff like that. So uh, come check it out. Give nice. you a taste of uh, what Flip Hacking Live will be all about. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. All right. All right. Well, with uh, that, I will sign off. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, I, I'm deciding it's over. It's over because I say it's over. So now it is over, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking this out uh, and, and listening to Bill's story of, uh, of the house that he had to buy back. It's a unique one. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Bye-bye. That's it. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I, know, I guess I really bye, don't man. know how to end it. Okay. Signing off. One. I don't bye. know what to say. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you on the next podcast. I got to get the last word in. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Bill again, and I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learned. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th in Orlando, Florida. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.